Welcome to the jungle, Steve. <laughs> Can't do bird calls, really. <laughs> Release your inner monkey. Yes. I do that most two, every two weeks. Yeah. The monkey exactly. comes out. The monkey comes out. This conversation, I think we need to change. <laughs> You know when we See, when we ten seconds in and know, you've already spoiled it. Okay, spoil it. No, I thought I just added value to the podcast. Yes. So, uh, I, but I just wonder whether people sit there and go, "What? Oh yeah." Whereas we've kind of already worked out we're talking about pens, <laughs> and we kind of work out what the double entendre is, and everybody else is going, "What? What?" <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. It will all become clear later. It will all become clear. We are going to the jungle. All right. Yes. To definitely today, we are yes. going to the jungle. So that would be fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, if what, you are, what is what is your favorite jungle animal? My favorite jungle animal. Ooh, that's a very good question. You know what came to mind immediately? You know those six-legged black panther things in Avatar. You know, yes, the, yes, yes, yeah, yes. That's the first thing that came to mind. Okay. And that, that, that's not real, is it? They aren't real, are they? <laughs> no. I guess not. No. They, okay. they, they may be in James Cameron's mind, I suppose. Favorite jungle animal is great. It probably has to be that awesomely intelligent gorilla. Yeah. Big silverback. Yeah, kind I can of see that. Yeah. Okay. That okay. kind of thing. Because I, I really quite enjoyed the Disney Tarzan movie where they spent a lot yeah. of time with them. Um, and also, there's a great film, isn't there? A true story with uh, about the lady that gets killed by the uh, poachers protecting them. Oh, the, um, uh, yeah, quite yeah, a few yeah. years ago, twenty odd years yeah. ago. I can see the lady's What's name. Her name. Yeah, uh, played by Jodie Foster. No, no, Ghostbusters. No? The the lady in Ghostbusters and oh, what was her freaking name? You know, I'm going to have to look this up tomorrow. Okay. Uh, it'll come back to me in a minute. Halfway through the podcast, I'm going to say Probably, lady's name yes. and you'll work out what it is. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. cool so, cool. yes, we're going to the jungle because yes. if you are doing nothing on a Monday, say May the 15th in mm-hmm. Antwerp, then you can come and join us in the jungle. Yes. And because that's what today is all about. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Exactly. But before that, let's, before that, let's do a little... Around the world trip. A little around the world, yes, exactly. So what have we lined up for speaking You're speaking everywhere again, aren't you? Very envious of your little travel plans for the next five or six weeks. Yeah. So the next few weeks, so actually when the podcast comes out, I'll, it will just be a few more days and then I will be at the Iberian Tech Summit in Faro in Portugal. Nice. Looking forward to that. Nice, the missus nice, is coming nice. with me, spending just a few extra days at Good. the swimming pool in, um, I hope, You're warm speaking and sunny. in a swimming pool? Probably. Yeah. Okay, just getting it clear. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then a few weeks later, I'm traveling to... Uh, Warsaw for the Polish collab days. Nice, nice, nice. It's always fun. Yeah. Uh, always very well organized. Did that a couple of times. Is it still the same guys organizing it? The Microsoft yeah. guys? Uh, yeah, so we got Edita uh, organizing it together with um, the tall power platform dude. Ah, that's enough. I uh, know exactly what you mean. It. The oh, tall forgot power forgot his name. Oh. dude. Sorry, man. I will buy you a whiskey next time. I will see you. And I will actually see you at Iberian Summit. But okay. Um, And then in June, uh, I'm organizing the Belgian Viva Explorers Yes, you are. I am looking forward to that. And You are open for speakers on that too, aren't you? No, we closed all the speaker engagements. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't put one in. No, I know, because we didn't have a call for speakers, because we're only going to have like six speakers, because we only have one track. first time that we organize it. We thought we would just ask people to come and speak. That would just be way easier. It was easier. Yeah. And that we don't have to disappoint And this is Viva, Viva, Viva. Yeah. yeah. Viva Viva. Brussels. Yeah. At the Microsoft conference, free. Yeah. Cool. And the next day, I'm going to Berlin to. Yeah, right. AMS. Do you know, I've had enough. Just say them quickly. I've had that enough. was it. 
Berlin's cool, actually. Yeah, I've never been to Berlin. <gasps> oh, I did it many, many, many years ago. Yeah. Yeah, never been there, a, so look. Did it just after the war fell? Okay. Uh, about a year after the war fell. Uh, actually, no, I lie. When I went to Berlin, I saw uh, James, the guy that invented the internet. Oh, yeah, you talked What's about his that. Name? Yeah. I'm going to have to look. James My, from the internet. James, James uh, <laughs> internet. You saw James from the internet. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's <laughs> the perfect. Berlin is the perfect place to meet James uh, from the got, internet. Do you know something? It's not James either. <laughs> I know. I know. I know it's I not. have got. I, to be honest, this is not me getting old. I have always forgot names and places it's just been all my yeah. life anyway it's tim bernard's lee i know why did you tell me, it me it out my misery it would have been so much cooler <laughs> if you met james from the internet in berlin the that would is, have been so this when just i was in berlin cool the internet had I know, kind of I been know, invented. but I mean, anyway, I if was you're meeting people from the internet, I mean, yeah. Berlin would be the place to, to do it. Uh, I went to the Netscape launch <laughs> in Berlin, the first That's browser, cool. and then I went back to the UK and I created one of the first literally single-digit websites uh, for one of the universities there when it yeah. was kind of started. Yeah, I wish. Cool. Uh, but they were the days when you could just, Oh yeah, how do you want you want a domain name? Just drop me an email to somebody in California and you yeah, got a domain name. Yeah. You know, it was those days. So yeah, so I did that in Berlin and that that was about the last time I went, I think. That's and, cool. Uh, Silver lived there for a year actually. Oh, so um, and yeah. we nearly went there in the holidays in May. Nice. Um, but now Anna's been accepted at York University in the UK. Nice. We're going to go to York in a few weeks' time. And, uh, nice. And, uh, Silver's never been there before. I was very surprised. Have okay. you been to York? I've been to York, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So that's, that's my travels. I'm also going to Commsverse. It's the only one I can make you envious of because you're I not am going. super envious of you going to the amazing Mercedes world again. Yes, I know. Oh. I am definitely going to go driving again. Yeah. And this time I might not have anybody slow in front of me. No, I know. <laughs> that was know. so funny when the guy radioed and said, can you tell him to pull over? I thought, that's Marine. <laughs> ah. Yeah, well. Anyway. You're the careful driver. I'm the nutcase. I get it. Yeah. I yeah, it. well. But that was cool. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I'm going to do that. And also what's really exciting is that I'm um, part of a team. There's two of us uh, running uh, Commsverse TV. That is dead. Cool. So we've got a studio set up in the exhibition space, mm-hmm. um, and we're just—I'm trying to get the guy tied down on content. But Viva Explorers, be warned—you're going to be coming to do five minutes of Viva tips and tricks live on my CVTV channel. So I'm giving nice. you a heads up now. They oh, don't cool. know it yet, but well, actually, I did mention it at the last Viva Explorers meeting. So yeah. they all, all right. went quiet and all excited. I went, look, I've got to firm all this up. Yeah. <clears throat> but it looks like that's going to happen. So Commsverse nice. will be fun. It'll be busy. Can yeah, imagine yeah, I'll be yeah. absolutely cream crackered. And I'm doing a session there on um, something. All right. Uh, MS Teams on something. Oh, that's dead cool. Yep. So that's not a bad bit of travel. Not bad nice. at all. And, so uh, what else do we need to mention? We need, uh, we need to, to mention, mention that we're not going to be speaking at ESPC, so that should be safe for everybody else to go. <laughs> yeah, but nobody knows this yet. So Don't they not know it's this not yet? It's not official. It's not official. Okay, yeah. so we're unofficially not speaking yeah. at uh, ESPC. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. That's a bit ah, disappointing. Well. We might just have to go and have fun in uh, Amsterdam instead then. I guess so. Yeah. Without paying for it. We have to try and find a, a way to sneak in. Maybe, maybe maybe we could find somebody that is speaking. And as soon as they get their badge, we we get, copy we it. We get some some uh, get a, us inside a market on speaker badges at a conference. Nobody oh. will ever work it out, will they? They won't know it's us. No, <laughs> we can just copy it. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh. laminate it and yeah, yeah we yeah, can yeah, laminate yeah. it. Mm. Oh, part of the fun. Oh, part of the fun. Listen, I want to follow up as well uh, on our new sponsor. Yes. So uh, we're going to give them a, a more detailed mention today than last time. So we mentioned uh, that we'd picked up a new sponsor and it was all confirmed up this week. So the way we do our sponsorship, of course, we do short sponsor techniques. We have their guest on board and, and everything else. So I really am looking forward to that. The uh, The company is Cloud Alley. 
Cloud Ally. Cloud Ally. Or Cloudly. Cloudly. Okay, so whoever our guest is, they'll be able to tell us exactly the right pronunciation. Mm -hmm. But uh, I like Cloud Alley because they do um, more or less instantaneous backups of your cloud services. Um, So they're your ally in cloud working. Yeah, I I think the name is brilliant. That's good. It's brilliant. So So they've got over 14,000 customers. They have. They're um, a part of OpenText, which is a major company. I mean, 14,000 customers is already amazing. Do you know when they did their first backup? Tell me. 2011. So Really? So So 2011. only like 10 odd years. 12 years ago. Wow. But if you think about it, I mean, when was, I mean, the internet, well, sorry. The Microsoft 365 was like 2006, 2007 or something. Yeah, the, when it was still BPOS. Yeah, and, and then it yeah. became... So it's about right, yeah. it's about closed down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Makes 2011. Sense. Makes sense. And they do backups of all their stuff with instant uh, retrieval. So I, I really I am looking forward that, yeah. to understanding Outlook, that. SharePoint groups, Teams, yep. everything. So that's neat. Um, so they have uh, donated, of course. The rules are that if you want to be sponsored, you donate a couple of... Uh, Bottles of whiskey. Exactly, because um, we don't want to be paid for the amazing content that we bring. Nope, and they but bring this kind. whiskey is getting expensive. It is. So, so we, we don't mind if people pay for a nice bottle or two. That's true, and they have, and we will taste those uh, on the day itself. Uh, yeah. And we do have some very, very interesting whiskeys. Yes. For, those, for those of you that uh, that like the whiskey, this we've got a couple of absolute brightly wants to spend uh, mm-hmm. to drink on that day and um, we've got a very interesting one today interesting is definitely a word i would use it's because, a seaside whiskey from japan yeah but it is it's got like sea water in it <laughs> and it was matured in pine barrels but you know those trees that get blown over on the side of the uh yeah. the hillsides yeah it's gonna be interesting we'll give the details later but i i saw that at the mm. weekend i thought that's a podcast whiskey and and it's, it's a no age so it's it's nothing grossly it's nothing like 20 years old or anything no, no, super no. smooth I and all that, that but you can see i've already been drinking it so it's yeah. not that bad okay so anyway so that's good and actually we should give you the name because it's a very unusual umiki. name umiki there we go, Umiki. All right, so that's that. Um, back to the jungle. Back to the jungle, yes. So, um, the 15th till the 17th of May, we have in Antwerp the Techorama event, event, which is a big technology event, mainly aimed at developers or very technical people. Yep. Um, and we got selected to do a workshop there. So a on workshop. Monday the 15th, we will be talking about very practical baseline governance. Correct. So if you don't have anything to do or you just want to spend a full day with us, then go to techorama.be and subscribe and pay for... The privilege to be in our workshop. Yeah, no, the privilege. <laughs> Absolute privilege. Ooh. But that's yeah. going to be good fun. So yes. what we decided to do today is give a bit of a teaser. So it's a, yeah. it's a whole day workshop on governance. All right. So you can take a look at the day itself uh, and work out what we're covering. This is very much aligned to the workshops we did last year uh, on uh, user change adoption. Yeah. and user adoption. So it's fun. Yeah. There's Lego involved. Yes, super um, practical. Super practical. And yeah. you will take away the same as on all our workshops, a set of tasks and actions that you can implement immediately. Yes. And on if Tuesday. you say, you know, but one of the two questions we got last time was, well, how do I do this? Hey, we'll tell you how we will do it and then you're all good to go. Yeah. So I'm just being asked if I can take a quick call on something else that I'm doing fun in um ooh, two weeks time sure i'm going to the alpine car factory to see oh, the alpine yes. supercars being made but nice. uh, with a friend of mine in the uk he just said have you got time for a call i will text him in a minute or two but anyway yeah. so what we're going to do um uh, now is we're going to go through that module one yes all right which basically introduces the whole concept of governance yes uh, and the model we're going to work and that's what you're going to do 
And while I just text this response and say, no, I can't take a call, I will let you read out the definition well, and how we got one. Take the call in 45 minutes or so. How do you want to... Sorry, you want me to do what, D? Uh, you could just sit there and tell them about the governance that we got. We talked to ChatGPT, didn't we? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So there, <laughs> there used to be, like in Belgium, and I'm, I guess all over the world... Uh, this game show where they said we asked hundred people about their favorite da 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 and yeah, then you is. need to you I needed to, to uh guess that. What was the the show named in, in the UK? Um, in Belgium it was Family Family Feuders. Fortunes. Yeah, something like that. In the that. UK yeah, it's Family yeah, Fortunes, yeah. yeah. Okay. So cool, yeah. So we asked ChatGPT to give us definition of uh governance. And we asked it what the Microsoft definition was. We asked the um, Harvard definition, yep. and we asked the Office 365 distilled definition, which is, of course, as you can already guess, the best one. The, but but seriously, I was amazed. I I was in ChatGPT, and I said, "Okay, you know, how does Microsoft define governance? How does the Harvard University define governance? And then I said, "How does Office 365 define governance?" Yeah. And we were the best, of course. I'm not biased. No, of course. But it was it was incredibly practical. And um yeah, so it was good. So so we took that as part of our first module and mm -hmm. we're now building a governance module model around it so that you can find uh, a very easy and quick way of enabling so governance. You've built a model around what ChatGPT says that we think governance is. This is our work. <laughs> It's nothing this is to our do work, with translated AI. by ChatGPT. Yes, from all of our podcasts and, yeah, yeah. and all our notes. Yeah, it was. We really transformed cool. that into a model, which I have to say is a dead cool model. I think so. It'll yeah. get there when you'll hear all about it in a second mm -hmm. or two. I also saw today the release video from Microsoft on Copilot. Okay. And they talk about how it's going to work, which I have to say is incredible, the way they have integrated that into Office. So when that turn comes online. But it was amazing how many times they said, of course, it's not doing the work for you, but it's getting you a really good start on where you need to go. And then you can click this button and it'll do this for you. And then you can go in and modify it to make sure it's where you want it to be. Yeah. It was, there were so many disclaimers in it. I, I it heard. It was incredibly cool. Yeah. I heard a few... Uh, stories like that as well where people are trying to sell you AI or their vision of AI and saying it's not going to do the work for you but it's like having an assistant that you can yep. ask things to. But then again, earlier today, so I'm doing a SharePoint modernization project and I had to create uh, emails for our 2,600 site owners uh, to tell them that the modernization project is coming up and that they can subscribe to any of these eight uh, courses that we're going to do and that they have to do this and that. And I had to write the email. And I was like, I'm just going to let ChatGPT do that. And it was, ChatGPT, this is what you need to do. Two lines of text. And it spun me a very cool email. And that is going out tomorrow to 2,600 people. It took me exactly eight seconds and like a true consultant, that. you charge an hour for it. An hour, two days. Because you <laughs> had to sit there and check it was right and the spelling was correct. Yes. And, uh, but, but it is true. Uh, I think it's going to get there. So anyway, we decided yes, to do back that to the for model. this course. Yes. So our definition of governance, uh, picked up from all of our work, says that Office 365 Distilled defines governance as policies, procedures and practices that manage, use and protect resources in an organization's M365 environment. It drives rules for user behavior, roles for administrators, security measures for content and monitoring for compliance. Governance results in maximizing the Microsoft 365 benefits and minimizing risks impacting productivity and profitability. Which is what we said it in all our podcasts. Yeah, it is yeah. cool. It's just right. chat GPT it's, it's saying that poetry, this is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's poetry. Right. Nice. Anyway, so basically what came out of that is four keywords, which we'll run through, which are defined resources, drives, results. 
So yeah. I, that's where we're at. So what we want to do today is to just break some of those areas down a little bit, talk through them. Uh, we're already 20 minutes in because of all the other stuff, so yeah, it's yeah, fine it's enough. Fine. Give us yeah. five minutes on each. Now, I also just realized that we have been talking about the jungle, and we've been talking about Tekurama, but we never said that the tagline for Tekurama was, Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome to the Jungle. That's what you started <laughs> off with. I know, but we never said that that was the Tekurama tagline. This is anyway. a little bit like your Wee Dram that you've just created, which was all about the idea <laughs> framework for uh, empowering people. Yes. And as far as I can recollect, as I edited it down yesterday, I can't remember you saying empower just at all once. Never. It's all chat cheapy. No, it's not, no, no, <laughs> not, not true. Not true. No. I tell you something that is going to get dangerous when it learns to talk. Yeah. All right. Good. So um, the first statement then that we came up with uh, as part of our governance is governance defines, uh, sorry, it defines governance as policies, procedures, and practices. And of course, what we mean yeah. by practices is best practices. Of course. All right. So, so let's let's take about the concept of policies, mm-hmm. because let's assume you make a statement around governance on Microsoft three six five, and it could be anything. Um, we will not allow external sharing from SharePoint. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you base that on? Who decides that? Uh, that would probably be the security team. I'm Who guessing. will create a policy? Yes. It will be based Maybe. on a corporate yeah. policy, a definition of, in this case, how we protect the business. Yeah. How what about a governance that decides who can and who cannot create an MST site or a SharePoint site? That will probably be your administrator. Will it? Why? I think so. Because they, in my experience, they're the one trying to limit the creation of these things so that they don't get sites brought. So basically the administrator doesn't want any work to do. No, the administrator wants to keep everything in check and wants everyone to ask him to create it for them. You're trying to keep themselves in a job then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But With ChatGPT coming, of course. Yeah. No, okay. But let's not mention that ever again now. We've mentioned it five times. Yeah, no know, more than five times in yeah. a podcast. ChatGPT, six times oh, in a podcast. God. Right. Um, so, but again, it's a policy. Yeah. So people yeah. will be told this is the policy for creating a new site. Yeah. So the whole point of governance is that you need to define business policies that they're going to be based on yes now those policies as we have just heard can come from security administration okay do they all need to be approved by the business ideally yes i think because well then the question is what is the business who it, are the business? Yeah, who are the business? Is it your sales team? Is it your R&D team? Is it your factory floor workers? Is it your... So here's the thing. It doesn't really matter because no. we are defining governance here. So we will say to the guys on our workshop, do you know, actually, we, Marin and I, we don't really give a shit what you decide you want to do with your tenant. The same as all those other thousands of tenants people out there or the businesses deriving those okay we can only give you advice on our on ours marine and i are different we know we have different perceptions on things like creating sites for me one of the biggest things is that we can give power to the people and they can create their own sites and their own ms team sites and away they go and and we don't need to worry about it and i don't have to build a process and manage that process and do it for them and they can collaborate immediately that's my view moraine's mm-hmm. a more control freak uh, so he likes them to have some kind of some kind of approval and that's fine too but the policies are what's important so when we talk about governance we're talking about defining the policies associated with running a collaborative microsoft 365 service they're not technical they're about what the users can and cannot do on your tenant yeah but they need to be checked with your users. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so then, t- 
to make those policies happen, you need to have an appropriate process. And that process could be something that is not driven by an end user. So we have mm-hmm. a new user starting in HR. They put them onto the HR system. The system spits out a CSV file. And the administrator picks up the CSV file every week and creates new accounts as part of a process based upon yeah. a policy that when HR add a new user, then that user is given an account that does this, that, and the other, and, and all that kind of stuff. So that policy will drive those procedures. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then we get into best practices. Yes. So why would you want to invent the wheel again when thousands of people are already doing it already? Exactly. Yes. Go and talk to your colleagues and your peers and your communities. Go to a conference like Tekurama. Go to Tekurama and find out how they're dealing with onboarding and offboarding yeah. and... Uh, managing join the a mastermind the group yes exactly. go to collab days but all of these things need to be defined they need to be defined by the business in some way so you can define those processes those procedures and the practices that you put into place because that's how you kind of keep improving it you yeah. practice you measure you look at the best way of doing it, and you make sure that you can do things. And that is the definition side of what is going to drive your governance. Yeah. The first first of our, yeah. our statements. So yeah. uh, defines governance as policies, procedures, and practices. All right. So it's that definition. So that's the first Brilliant. part of the model. Yes. Easy, isn't and it, really? Why are thousands honest, of people not done it already? Well, that's what I want to say. To be honest, I mean, this is actually like the list of procedures is for most of the organizations, their governance. That's their governance plan. Okay, this is what you can and cannot do. But it's interestingly enough is that only about 10% of the organizations in the world actually have these things written down. True. They just don't. No, of course not, because then you'll end up with a 60-page document that nobody reads. But whose problem is that? Is it a problem? And can't we automate all those things? You can automate them, but you can't automate a definition. No, you can't. That's true. But you can automate procedures. Um, You can educate people on best practices. You can. So They're all people-based. Yeah, But it's all a definition of what the users need or what the business True. needs yeah. <clears throat> from your Microsoft 365 environment. Yeah. So that's important. So that was our first stage. So we're going to definitely talk about that. Mm-hmm. In greater detail, yes. We do. And also we're going to get very practical about this because that's what I You'll wanted to You'll get exercises. Mm. Yeah. The, when we talk about governance, we don't talk about the hairy-fairy stuff and whether you write the policies or not, but mm-hmm. we definitely talk about the nice, hands-on, practical, bottom-up approach to in previously this and then governance. Go on, you were smiling. The bottom-up hairy-fairy. The bottom-up <laughs> hairy-fairy. Is that what I said? Yes. Very nice. I love that. Yes. The bottom-up hairy-fairy. That's, All right, it cool, sounds cool. like the title for the podcast. The bottom Governance is a bottom-up hairy-fairy. <laughs> I need to write that down because that is so cool. Also, I'm a visual thinker, so I'm looking at a hairy-fairy right don't go there. Some, <laughs> That is bottom-up in... Okay, some never bouncer mind. with his yeah. hairy arse hanging out his jeans as he yeah. bends over to pick something up. Exactly. Yeah. That's governance. Yes. <laughs> you need a belt. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. All righty. Cool. Yes. Next so, statement then. Yes. Next block. So it um, manages, uses, and protects resources in an organization's Microsoft 365 environment. Yeah. I think that's it's also key. We, we hinted about this, about the administrator. Yeah. And about being able to kind of do sprawl, site sprawls. Yes. We we there is a there is not a finite number of things in Microsoft 365. Now we know the numbers sure. are huge. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, a million documents in a million sites, yeah. you know, and and all that kind of stuff and you're never going to hit those numbers. But you do need to be able to provide something that's workable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you need to be able to um manage 
documents in a document library. Yeah. I mean, how many would you allow in a document library? I wouldn't put a maximum number on it. But? So you would just let them forever keep one library and throw 200, 300, 500, 800,000 documents in there? It's not a best practice, and I would advise against it, but if they really want to, I mean... But this is about governance, about managing your resources. Absolutely. So you want to be able to give your end users the best experience possible. Correct. That's what you want to design it in a different way. But if that would be, I don't know, for some reason, the best design, I wouldn't be against it. I would heavily advise against it. But Is that how you would design your folder structure? No. No, exactly. So why would you design your library structure the same way? Well, it's 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 my OneDrive structure, for example. That's, that's folders, all one. That's one. So big whenever, location. whenever you have a new subject, you would start a new folder. Yes. So why would highly you not? impractical? <laughs> impractical. Yes. Why? Because I've got too many folders. Yeah, no, but you don't care about them. We're going to have this argument. We're going to have this argument where it's the content that's important. That's not where we are today. No. Okay. Exactly. All right. But at the end of the day, you're going to work out where your documents are because Microsoft have done such a freaking awesome job of saying, actually, we don't care where you store this shit. We'll make sure you can find it. Mm -hmm. But in terms of looking at a library, I am not going to limit them to one library. And in fact, I would even suggest that, you know, hey, have five or six libraries on the site. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But it would also be good if you had some nice policies around there and in some way you measured and checked and defined the structure. So when it comes to resources, the number of document libraries, the number of sites, the number of content types, Mm -hmm. um, the number of managed metadata, the number of term sets... All is based upon the usable resources that you have. Yes. Now, we know they're not technical resources because you can have million documents, million libraries, million sites. Give or take one or two. Yeah. All right. But the help desk has got to be able to support it. Your service desk has got to be able to support it. Your search engine has got to be able to support it. Yes. So they're all resources that could screw up what you're trying to achieve and i'm going to just jump to the end of our definition okay because the objective is results in maximizing the microsoft 365 benefits and minimizing the risks impacting productivity and profitability yes so our end result i know we're not there yet no. But on the far right-hand side... That's why we do it. Yeah. The reason we're doing this is because we want to make sure that this tenant is the best damn tenant in the world, <laughs> like all of those that I do. Okay. Uh, and also, of course, that we don't have any risks of people losing and deleting and, you know, exactly. doing content. Yeah. Talk about losing content, because just as a side story, as we often do, I had to use a phoned me up and said, hey, apparently you can't delete anything in a tenant. Well, you can, but no, generally it's fairly well protected. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you need to go and have a quick look at this and see whether it's there. And I was busy and disappeared off and that was it. It was it, The guy came on a Teams chat. And then he, um, and I said, oh, why don't you go and talk to so-and-so? And then he came back and said, but it's, it's only one tab on the, spe- on the Excel spreadsheet that's gone missing. And I'm going, hmm. oh, this is interesting. This is an accidental deletion. <laughs> yeah. Sorry? Yeah, yeah, somebody's deleted it. No, 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 no. I said, okay, look, this is easy. File, version, version da, da, yeah. da, da, da. And it just struck me as, as how amazing this whole product range is when it comes to managing the content. And we talked about AI two seconds ago, you know, and that's kind of amazing. But people are going to be just in it in three weeks and forget how amazing it is but when it comes to finding content that's been lost like that they will be blown away and the guy was all right nick hey mate i know you'll be listening nick but yeah thank you for helping me out and and the resolved that issue but you know getting these resources right allows you to do that yes you know so that's cool but again limitations on major and minor so yeah 
Um, you okay. know, you do need to, we had this conversation before, you're only allowed 500 and a few bits of minor versions. So you need mm -hmm. to make sure that there is some resources around to publish and everything else. So that's about managing and then using is yeah. another thing altogether. Using it, using them optimally, getting your user adoption right so that people are using it, not creating shadow IT. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I had things like using applications like lists and forms. Yep. They're not they're not intuitive, you know. Mm -hmm. if, if, forms even though, is no, well, it super is kind intuitive. Of, you know something? If you don't tell people, I can guarantee that if they wanted some information from somebody, they would send them a, an R filled out spreadsheet. Yes. All right. They wouldn't even go to nine dots. Oh look, there's a form button there. Click on no. that and create a new form. But if you say that it's there and they open it up because they want to send something, they will be able to figure it out in 15 minutes. Yeah. It's just about knowing it's there, though. Yeah. And that's what our governance yes. is about. Our yes. governance may well turn around and say, hey, look, you know, for resources, let's not use spreadsheets. You mm -hmm. can use these forms to collect your data, blah, blah, blah. And I realize that we've got change to deal with, but sure. uh, there's nothing. So, yeah, so thinking about the resources and the applications and workflow, of course, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's very important, actually, because it will cost you money if you don't have a strategy and a governance in place for your workflow. Yes. You know, uh, it's so easy nowadays with premium services to oh, actually God. trip over something that suddenly yeah. costs you money and you end up getting it on your monthly bill and you go, what? Mm -hmm. And your budget's blown. Yes. So, yes, so there are managing those resources because you can do some things on a, on a workflow, but you can't do yeah. everything, especially if you want to do some complex workflows. And then we've got protect resources. And for that, you need to go to Cloud Ally. Yeah, they'll give you some nice protection. Cloud Ally will help you back up and restore your content. And restore and remove yes. some of the risks. Your files, your emails, your everything. Cool, cool, cool. Yes. But let's just focus around here on the organization itself, right? So we've covered the backups and stuff. But in in terms of protecting we're also touching a little bit on managing. So who can do this and who can do the other? And, you know, room bookings, you know, mm -hmm. those kinds of resources that you need to make sure you can manage so you don't get two people booking the same room at the same time yeah. because you haven't got it managed. Mm -hmm. Storage. Let's be honest, if you've got a 1,000 users, you've probably only got about 12 terabytes of total storage on there. Yeah. So depending on how many file shares you're going to migrate in, that kind of stuff. Uh, mailbox capacity. Mm -hmm. All right. I know 25 gigs sounds like a lot, but trust me, it'll soon get eaten up with your finance and legal teams and departments. Yeah. Uh, and your OneDrive capacity. Big mm. decision there. How are you going to manage that resource? Are you going to give everybody the 25 gigs? Are you going to extend it to 50 gigs? Tera. Are you going to... Terabyte, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apologize. Yeah. Or are you just going to give them a couple of 10 gigs just so that they actually use MS Teams? It's mm -hmm. part of how you manage those resources and the decisions you need to take and explain to the business. Yeah, absolutely. How the hell are we going to teach this in a day? <laughs> um, we'll have in, to talk our, faster. In our beautiful, inimitable style, yes. All right, cool. So that was our resources section then. Yes. So, so we got our definitions, our resources, and that's going to drive something to get to our results. Yeah, now we need to actually build the restrictions in mm -hmm. um, and actually configure uh, our system yes. so that uh, it is operating. Set the checkboxes. Yeah. Manage the automations. It's working within the rules. Yeah. That we have decided we're going to work with. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So we identified four areas here, basically. Um, we well, ChatGPT said that we have come up with no, four areas. No, we got okay, it. We, okay. we, it gave us some hints. Yes. It gave us some hints. But yes, yeah, so, um, so we need to be able to work out how people are going to behave. So we yeah. want to make sure, like those kind of restrictions, mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we know who our ambassadors are and that we have some processes and roles for what 
they can act, sorry not ambassadors administrators, uh, administrators yeah on what they can and they can't do yeah um uh, my I, I don't know how many times audits have told me this uh when it, they they come and audit the process but they go so um how do you know all of your administrators need administrator rights because their boss asks for them yeah but these people are not administrating more now they're driving lorries or now they're you mm-hmm. know dealing with finances or whatever so you need processes around who can be an administrator yep. and who can't yep. and i don't know suppose you know how many administrator roles there are so you know who should do what you do know because i told you earlier i think it's more than 50 oh you think it's more than 50 yeah it's 88 awesome 88 roles from the simple things like can read admin messages all yeah. the way through to the really complex power automate administration and all that kind of stuff 88 so my advice you of don't course, have to set up all 88 no Thank my advice is just find the five that you really need yeah <laughs> and then document them nicely baseline baseline, baseline. Yes. oh that would be a good second module hmm. so while we're in the jungle once we've built the uh the tree house then we'll start thinking about doing um baseline yeah, sure. we're now also wondering whether we can do a jungle theme on the course, aren't we? Let's not go there. Uh, Let's not go there. Alrighty. Um, and then, of course, we've got to think about security and compliance, I think. They're, they're the yes. two areas, you know, whether you do labels, how you're going to decide mm-hmm. who can do what within a site and uh, yeah. and whether people are going to be able to, having decided what your uh, managers and your procedures are, whether or not you will allow people to be owners of sites or or not, or just members. Yeah. Uh, and then monitoring, of course. Mm-hmm. Who's doing what, when, where, and how. Yep. So that would be our drives. So we're going to drive the rules for behavior, the roles for administration, security for content, and monitoring for compliance. Nice. It was nice, isn't it? Nice. And that was a Sunday yes. afternoon, whiskey in hand, yeah. How can I make these sound cool? And yeah. there we are. There we are. Cool, cool. And then, of course, we get on to the results of all of this. Mm-hmm. Is uh, If we have in mind that we either want to maximize the benefits and minimize the risks. Well, we are doing this for the do. business. We are, yes. So we either want to maximize profit or maximize turnaround or cut uh, costs or indeed minimize risks, which is super important and is not being talked enough about in a business context. No, that is very true. Um, So I think, uh, yeah, I think this sums it up very, very nicely. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it's it's, it's a nice little model. We've got to work out how it it all interacts with each other. And that will be different for every organization, of course. Yes. So for, for those of you that do turn up on Monday, uh, the 15th of May at Tekarama to join us on the workshop, you will be doing exercises where you will look at your organization and decide what these rules, these restrictions, these guidelines, these best practices apply to you as an organization, how you create the policies, what the policy should contain, a whole set of instructions and exercises you can take away. Uh, and um, maybe we'll do some follow-up. We'll work out at the end of the day the three that you're going to go and do in the next couple of months, Yeah. and then you can tell us all about them. We'll invite you back to the podcast to tell us Ooh, all about cool idea, how you actually. did the, uh, the podcast. Yeah. yeah, we should follow up on that one from we South Coast. We should do that from the, with the uh, yeah, hmm. South Coast or Las Vegas one. Yeah, we could talk to our friend over in Houston. Yes, hmm. and see how it's going. See how But it's then going. she'll take over the podcast again. She will, yes. Oh. She will. All right, good. So anyway, so that's uh, that's it really for, for this podcast in terms of uh, the kind of detail. Um, we're going to obviously build on that as we go through the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically our governance is built by defines resources, drives results. That's what I love that tagline. Mm. It's going to be my next tattoo, I think. Is it? I might be, yeah. Where are you going to put that? I don't think I want to know. <laughs> All right. Defined resources drives results. 
Good news. That's cool. Yes. All right. So anyway, there you go. If you want to see that in action, uh, you know where it's going to be, and that will be cool. Time to go to Japan. Time to go to Japan and taste some seawater. See seawater. See, oh man. Listen, you, you so so you texted me this weekend that you found a very interesting whiskey. I did. And I was yes. like, ooh, and I was, I, I I showed that to my girlfriend, like, ooh, Steve found a cool whiskey, and then I was reading more into it, like Japanese whiskey. Oh, cool, a Japanese whiskey that was made with seawater. <laughs> and aged in pine cone barrels. Pine, I know that was strange. And yeah, so I yeah I didn't know. You were so. not impressed. I I was impressed that you can find something like this, <laughs> and that people actually said, "Ooh, you know what might be a good idea." Well, I'll give you the I'll give you the the place I bought it uh, just to, because I give the guy a shout out. He's about he's just been around five years now, and and we've drank another whiskey from him before. I have the Cask Strength Writer's Tears, you know the one in the in the oh, slide out box, yes. beautiful drink, yes. and I got that from him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's called Books and Booze, um, and it, it literally is a bookshop. Okay, it has books, uh, it has vinyl records in there. It has, uh, he's into rock music, so it actually had Metallica's 666 Gin, and I was going, you don't happen to have Blackened, do you? I was thought we might find the Blackened bourbon. No, he didn't. So, oh. but, um, but, but it's not oddly laid out. Literally, the books are balanced on the whiskies, the whiskies are balanced on the books and the gins and the rums. It's, it's just, it's just an amazing place. place to look around. Nice. It's called Books and Booze. Uh, it's in Ghent and Antwerp if you're in Belgium, so oh. I highly recommend it. Man. So if, the only thing I could really suggest you do, Moraine, is get the bloody lid off that bottle instead of reading it. Yeah, but I was just reading it that they were blending filtered ocean water with local ocean side malt whiskey. And then storing it in green pine trees. Because when I, when I saw this thing, I thought, oh, that's interesting. So I said to the guy, because he was standing by the side of me, and, uh, and I said, so have you tasted this? He went, yeah. So I said, so those pine barrels, they kind of strike me as being very, very strange. Because, you know, when you see pine wood, you kind of see it leaking, you know, the, the sap from the wood, and you know it's going to smell aromatic or enough thinking that that you'd get that but he went no actually it's uh it's amazingly well and i sat thinking about it and lafrague of course is probably one of my favorite smoky yeah. whiskies but it's quite salty because of where it spends five or ten years of its time on the side sure. of, the, of the sea you know kind of tastes like seawater as well yeah Okay, so I so poured in Moraine a drink. is not not very looking forward to this. I can see Japanese the look on his face. Umiki, seawater. It, it's no age statement, that I will yeah. say. Okay, and I think you need at least three tastes before it starts to smile. But it, it really is not a bad, you know, it's, okay. it's interesting anyway. Okay, okay. I love the color, though. It's, it is, yes. It's a seaside. nice... <laughs> Sorry? It's a seaside color. It's a seaside color, it's yes. bright orange. Yes. It's yeah, it's good. Yeah, um, I get good tears as well. Actually. Yeah, but as you okay. swing it in the glass, you can see it kind of is not. It's not slowly lowering itself into the glass, but that's because no. it's fresh. Okay, it's, let's have a little you know. sniff. Okay, it's Japanese whiskey. That smells not too bad, actually. So when I just opened up the bottle, I smelled from cool. the bottle, and mm, that was not very nice. Bit, a bit mis- medicinal. Well, let's say not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this this is this is pretty okay. I do. There's a, a little stingy something in the nose. I'm I'm guessing this has been in a barrel for three years and a half a day, you know. Yeah. I I don't think it's been. Uh... Plus, but you know, if yeah. if it's been if it was seawater, which I don't doubt for a second, and it's filtered, and probably desalinated, there's a few chemical processes involved in getting the water to the stage. It's in probably. 
Yeah. But it's not I'm unpleasant. I'm guessing it's not that Japanese nuclear reaction that was overflown by the seaside. So yeah, it, it, maybe. it doesn't light up in the dark. Um, no. Do you want to turn the lights off and check? No, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I, I find this, it looks orangey in terms of its color. Yes. And, and I find that it has that that kind of orange peel, you know, not not crystallized or sweet, but it has that kind of... I would more go f- with a with a lemon zest or really? something. Well, or okay, like but the same citrusy, then kind of acidic. Yeah, but some yeah something mm. sour, more yeah. sour I than the than the, lemon, than the um, oranges. Yeah, there's a, a little sour thing, and I also detect a, a little hint of some bourbon type. What vanillary kind of banana? No, it's that typical bourbon rye thing. But I'm I'm guessing there will not be any rye in here. But no, uh, I don't. I didn't get that at all when I was. Uh, I do just get a little that. rye now, but anyway, I'm I'm I could be fooling myself. So I think so. I I'll think you're overplaying go this. In for a first taste. <laughs> And well, it didn't look like he was um, overboard mm. with it. It's not a bad whiskey. It it is peculiar. peculiar. It's certainly not bad. Certainly not. Mm. Would I buy a bottle? Not yet. Maybe if I had a few more sips. But hmm, I like the pepper in the back. I like that as well. It's nice, yeah. isn't it? But I mean, that comes from its age. I think if you give this a few months more, well, maybe a few years more, but hmm. it's not a bad drink. Mm-hmm. And it is no. different. Yes. It's almost a bit like, I mean, it is Japanese in flavor overall. You can taste that. Absolutely, yes. Um, and it's nice and finish, refined. The finish is not bad, in. considering it's a no, non-age whiskey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once you're on your second or third taste, mm-hmm. um, and it has a complexity about it. It's not overly complex. It's not not a, got a depth to it, but mm-hmm. it does have a certain amount of complexity into it. But I, I just did a quick look up on um, somebody else. It's got some beautiful words to describe it. Um, which I thought I might repeat if you... Yeah, uh, so it indulge says, me. This Umiki ocean-fused whiskey is one of those Frankenstein whiskies that employs Japanese malt and grain from somewhere else, like Skane. But you marry these whiskies together in Japanese pine barrels, which is an interesting and leaky choice, and then cut the whiskey to proof using desalinated ocean water. I mean, <laughs> Frankenstein is the exact word for this, isn't it? Yeah. The water is from the coast of Japan, but if messages in bottles at mid-ocean ship catastrophes and the Great Pacific garbage patch have taught us anything, it's that water doesn't stay in one place. So take it as just being desalinated and purified ocean water. It's a great review, this. Um, I know it sounds like the whiskey curmudgeon is already coming out, but I'm honestly happy to see something like this on the market. And I actually agree. Yes, Mainly because say, I'm justifying buying the bottle, but but <laughs> no, but I have I have to agree as well. It is specific. It's definitely something else, and but, it's not bad. I mean, if you think about it, Ireland has Jameson's, Scotland mm-hmm. has Johnny Walker, basic level, or even JD, whatever. You know, Japanese needs a sort of basic line drinking whiskey. And this might be it, with a hint of interest. And let's be honest, I bought it because it was just freaking different. (laughs) Absolutely, no. And that's what this podcast, Whiskey Section, is all about. Like giving people our taste on whiskeys that they probably have never tasted before. Absolutely. Never heard of before, never thought about putting whiskey in a pine barrel 
Yeah, I I kind of like it. I I mean, it was a nice drink. I've had it a couple of nights now, and yeah. I just took a shot of it. And uh, yeah, it's I a, agree. It's a nice aperitif drink. You know, it's yes. that that kind of before dinner. Bef- yeah, you know, right Warm, at the beginning. Sunny day. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting enough for your guests to go. Hey, this is interesting. Where's it from? Yeah. And then you've got a great story to tell them. Absolutely. Yes. It's made from um, desalinated seawater and it's in pine barrels from the trees that bend over the side of the cliffs in Japan. And they'll go, really? I don't believe a word. No, really? Yeah, I like it. Well, it's okay, if I'm honest. That's the way I, I I drink whiskeys because it's of more the stories, okay. you know. Yes, it's more than okay. I I kind of am growing to it. <laughs> I have to say, yeah. No, I, yeah. I find that. As I well. see the appeal. I it's it's definitely not bad. So here's here's the tr- reality of the situation. The pine barrels don't add anything special to it. I don't know. They don't take anything away potentially, but they don't really add anything so if we go into a misanara cask mm-hmm. we know that adds something to it because yeah. the aroma of all those years yeah and as a as a pine cask and you're right it's probably green pine so and it's not probably been pr- treated and it warps and it's leaky mm-hmm. you know so it can't stay in the barrel for long because the barrel wouldn't last so no. you know um so i'm not entirely certain that it adds something I kind of wanted, you know, like when you get a fresh wood, pine wood cut and you go and you can smell those wonderful sort of um, pine coney kind of. You yeah, know. that always that 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 brings for me mind the, you know, the toilet, fennel, the toilet blocks. kind of. Yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. So I kind of when I read this thought, oh, well, that would have an effect on it. And I was thinking of rye and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, but it's not overly strong. But so I'm not sure it adds anything to it, but it doesn't take anything away either. No, I kind of enjoy this. And it's a good story. When Laura yeah. was with us two weeks ago, I told her the story of Uncle Nearest and yes. all that. And she loved the story and she loved the whiskey. Yes. You know, and I think this has got some great stories. It's made from desalinated seawater. It's good for the environment. <laughs> <It's>, Yay! <laughs> but as you say, you know that seawater probably has huge shipping containers drive past with oil and everything else. But whatever it is, it seems to add something to it, the whiskey. It works. I have to say, it works. I like nice. it. Cool, cool. Well, there you go. So Umiki, if you can find it and taste it, it's not going to break the bank. It'll be a great story uh, when you actually tell people what they're drinking. So it's. Ocean fused whiskey, um, yeah. So there you go. Well, this was an interesting podcast. We're just Absolutely. approaching an hour. Yeah. Um, we, we also definitely have to mention that Cloud Ally is sponsoring this podcast. Uh, no, they're actually getting this one free, but they'll be sponsoring the next three. Yes. Yeah. But I get that, and uh, we're looking forward to their guests appearing because that's going to be a, an interesting time i yep. hope they realize they know what they're letting themselves in for because i have never <laughs> backed up yeah. an office 365 environment in my life you know i shouldn't say this but i kind of trust microsoft but i know that the data spread across disks and all that kind of stuff it's and i know there's twenty five thousand people that protect against ransomware and all that kind of stuff so it will be interesting but as a new operations guy thinking you know, I can just go restore this. Man, I can see an advantage. It's about that. the numbers. It's about if the numbers. You get an offer that is low enough for you to say, you know what? I'll actually do that because that will help me sleep at night. Yeah, I agree. It's assurance or reassurance. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll find out. So, yes. Cloud Ally is going to be with us for the next three or four weeks. Um, and they have uh, got some beautiful whiskey gifts some mm-hmm. completely opposite end of the spectrum from where we are today oh, yeah. so that would yeah. be, be interesting one of them uh, I believe is a blend of single malt whiskeys from five different decades the oldest one being more than 1970s 50, yeah. being more than 50 years old Nine, yeah so that whiskey is yeah. going to be it better be good it should <laughs> yes. yes 
But that'd be good. So yes, we've got Cloud Alley uh, or Cloud Ally or Cloud Alley. We will get all of that resolved and sorted. And I think this first module that we're doing on this governance course is going to be setting everybody up for a great day around oh, yeah. governance. Yeah. And uh, so I just want to say for the very last time, so Techrama uh, is in Antwerp uh, from the 15th to the 17th of May. And on the 15th of May, it's a Monday, straight after the weekend. Extend your chilled out day and come and join us uh, on that workshop. It's techrama. Dot, is it B? B, yeah. All right, techrama.be. And, uh, and come and see us from that uh, governance workshop. Brilliant. Cool. cool. Right, so defined resources drives results. That's going to be the tagline. Uh, and Steve Dolby is saying thank you for listening and a goodbye. And that's me, Maran, saying goodbye as well. Bye-bye. You mean you don't want to go and tell them about going on to Spotify and the gentleman's agreement? And No, no, no. We've done that two times. So two times is enough? Should be. So they don't need to go on to Spotify and click on the feedback button and tell us what they think? Well, if they really want to, they can. They could go out and buy a bottle of Yumiki and then they could tell us what they think about it too. They definitely can. They could. If they can find it. If they can find it. I've never seen it before. Nope. So there you go. You get it and heard it here. Ciao for now.